0: A very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Growing Dentist podcast show. Today I'm super excited to have a good friend of mine, Debbie, who is also the founder of Dental Practice Solutions and the website is dentalpracticesolutions.com. I am Narain, your host with Equa Marketing ekwa.com. Debbie, welcome.
0: Naren, thank you so much for bringing me back again.
1: Absolutely, and I had so much fun, and we have done a lot of things together. And uh, you know, you are somebody who focuses on helping others, and um, you know, working with others, and pretty much, you know, half the half the people in the dental community. So it's super nice to have you back today and talk to you about some, you know, the top five things that dentists seem to be asking us, right? So
0: uh,
1: I'm I'm really excited.
0: Me too. I love doing these with you.
1: So Debbie, um, let's jump in. You know, last time when you and I spoke, we, we talked at a high level about, you know, some of the basic things. Today, let's go a little bit deep. Sure. So you talk to dentists all day long. You help dentists all day long. And I, of course, also talk to dentists all day long. So, <laughs> What's the first question you think people ask um, a lot?
0: Well, there are, there are basically five questions that we're going to talk about, but one of the most important things, and I know that this will segue into what you do as well, it's just doctors saying, I don't get the right kind of patients. And so they might be getting 15 or 40, even up to 40 new patients a month, but what? is the value over the lifetime of your dental practice with that patient and why is it that they're going to spend money in your practice and i find that in most recently speaking with some of our potential clients who have come to us they are attracting the wrong kind of patient I don't know if you've heard of this reality TV show but I've turned it my husband and I love watching this on the weekends I think it's called the millionaire matchmaker and this lady helps millionaires to be matched with the perfect mate for lifetime and what happens in the show is that there are these very wealthy men and women Uh, for example this one woman she's very wealthy and she consistently is very aggressive with men and her mannerisms and just the way she is she never attracts a lifelong partner and I think that a lot of our doctors that come to us for help, they are thinking that they need to, and we have a client, he's had his practice for just a few years, and in the beginning, he signed up with every PPO, HMO, and numerous state-run dental programs. So when we look at his numbers, they are he's collecting less than, 50% of what he should be producing. He told me yesterday on a call that he doesn't even get 50 cents on the dollar for these state Medicaid patients. So imagine that doctors are trying to get as many patients to come to their office, especially if they're a startup, and they're doing whatever they can they're like throwing spaghetti on the wall and in the end they're matched with the right type of person so I have a new client right now that we're working with young guy he bought a hybrid type of practice it was a practice with about 200 patients and he needs to build it ends up you know he's losing a lot of the patients because of the transition so it basically are in a growth mode however He is not going to sign up for any PPOs or HMOs and not even probably be a Delta provider. He is putting himself out there as a you know, a millionaire, he's going to the. He doesn't even need to go to the millionaire matchmaker lady. You know, he is setting himself up so his culture is that of the Ritz Carlton. That the type of patient who's coming to him is somebody who's going to walk in Nordstrom or the Ritz Carlton, and that leads me to ask you, Naren, because you're in the marketing. I mean. How do you suggest that a doctor get a quality patient? That's the other, the pain point of other that our doctors have is how do I get a quality patient? Naren, what do you think is the answer to that?
1: Before I answer your question on how to get new quality patients, I want to touch on what you first said, which is I don't get the right kind of patients. And uh, I think they're kind of interrelated. Um, So when I look at, my clients have 140 dental clients and the ones 90% of them stay with us year after year. And have been with us for a long time. When I look at the most successful ones, they're very clear on who do they want to be a hero to. So for example, this one lady, um, who's one of our clients. And I said, who do you want to be a hero to? And she's very clear. She said, I want to be a hero to moms who have kids who at least, you know, in, in their early teens. And I said, why? Well, um, and also she said, you know, I want to be a hero to these moms who are educated, you know, who are professionals. And I said, why? Well, at that age, they have stopped focusing on their kids as much and they're more into their own health. They're more into the their own well-being because kids are now off and they kind of do their own thing and so forth. So they start to focus on, you know, taking care of themselves. They start to focus on spending money on themselves and so forth. Um, and um And still they have, you know, teenagers. So, of course, the teenagers need, you know, orthodontics and so forth. So she's very, very clear on who does she want to be a hero to. Mm -hmm. So then she structures the entire business around that. So one of the things is, you know, she used to advertise, um, I think, something like one 800 dentist where they they show ads at night and she used to get a lot of the emergency patients. And, um, you know, she noticed many of these patients are great. They come, they get their problem fixed, but they never show up again or they don't have the money to show up or to stay loyal and take care of their teeth. These are the kind of patients who ignore their oral health and only come when there's a severe problem. So she stopped doing, almost like stopped shooting herself in the foot, Mm -hmm. knowing that who does she want to be a hero to, the first step is to not do the things that's just the opposite of that, right? Another example is like Apple. Apple will never give discounts on their phones. If I tell the whole world, I'm the best thing on the planet, and I give discounts, then you're kind of sending mixed messages. Only day you will ever get a discount from Apple is the boxing day, I believe. That one day in the entire year, that's it. And even that, it's not really a discount, you know exactly what you're going to get because they always stick with the same pricing structure. So I think, um, I mean, you mentioned this also when you and I were chit-chatting, um, some people tend to, um, you know, kind of get into bad relationships again and again and again and again.
0: Mm-hmm. You see
1: a pattern, right? And um, so they kind of sometimes don't have the clarity on what, what they really want. You know, who do I want to be a hero to in the case of business, right? So um, I think once people start getting that clarity and they start not doing all the other things that's not in line with their clarity on who do they want to be a hero to and who do they want to, you know, target... I think they stop shooting themselves in the foot. And I love the example you shared with me, which is 50% of the money is going, uh, is being collected. That means um, doctor's cost doesn't go up. You know, he's not paying 50% of rent. His staff are not happy with 50% of the salary. So his cost is still the same, but the amount of money he takes home for the amount of work he does shrinks. And he's working his tails off and these people don't appreciate him because they don't pay for that, pay for, Pay as much as the others, right? So mm-hmm. when you pay little, you appreciate little. So it's a very draining job. You work your tails off, not make much money, not mm-hmm. take more, much money, and then you feel not appreciated because they aren't paying for it. For them, it's free, so it's worthless. You know, mm-hmm. that's just their mindset, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so I had a client who used to do around eight hundred thousand uh, dollars. You know, took all the insurance under the sun, mm-hmm. and in a period of three to four years. Um, um, she cut all of her insurance she grew her online marketing uh, she was very clear on who she wanted to be a hero to so her entire marketing focused on that and then of course the marketing has to make the phone ring and she ended up getting 30 quality new patients she wow. got rid of all the insurance she actually ended up working three days a week and making 1.3 million so instead of working four days and making 800,000 over a four year period, she ended up working three days and making one point three. So I think it's possible, but like you said, um, you know you have to first get clarity on who do you want to be a hero to, and you know start you know st- stop doing the things that's hurting you and then start building you know the marketing side to attract the right people.
0: Absolutely. And I'm not a marketing expert. I mean, we, our expertise, our team's expertise is on systems and making sure doctors increase their profits, their bottom line. Uh, And my expertise is the hygiene department making that, I mean, doubling that usually in most of our cases. However, I love what you said and I think this is really key to increasing a doctor's productivity in the office and the quality number of patients. And I wanna just, I want our listeners to hear what you just said one more time. Who do you want to be a hero to? I think that is so profound and I'm gonna start asking our clients that. I was telling you about our new client who's a young dentist who bought the hybrid practice. And it's, you know, I can tell him we're in growth mode here, but it's, you know, I'm going to ask him, who do you want to be a hero to? Now, he wants to be known for Invisalign and implants and high-end dentistry, but who does he want to be a hero to? And isn't this really, is this called USP or unique selling for your sales proposition? USP, is that a marketing term? And is that what we need to know? What is your unique sales position?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um I totally agree. And I think um, another way to understand this is um, I'll tell two stories, right? Um, fans, you know, in the, the musicians have fans, football players have fans, um, you know, artists have fans. Now, fans will do anything for you. You have a show that's $600, they will wait in line to buy that ticket, you know, because it's not it's not a rational you know this is ten dollars and that's twenty dollar decision they just love you right so when you try to be a hero to somebody, I think the relationship is not just you know uh, you know uh, what do you call a commodity relationship or a transactional relationship where it's about price or convenience, or are you open Saturday at eight p m and i 'll come see you it's not that kind of relationship it's more around you know I appreciate you. You know, this is what I'm looking for and you are exactly what I'm looking for and you are focused on me. You are totally focusing your entire career on serving people like me. So I really appreciate you for that. And now I'm going to go out of my way to help you succeed. I mean, classic story is uh, Apple, when Apple was about to go bankrupt, I mean, pretty much the story is that the Apple fans saved Apple. They would not let Apple go bankrupt. Because, you know, for them, it's not about the computer machine. It's about that, that love they had for Apple. Or you might have heard of Nike sneaker heads, right? I mean, these people would pay $600 for a pair of sneakers, you know, because they just love that brand. And they love the exclusive things the brand does. So I think who do you want to be a hero to goes back to this idea that customers are okay, but fans are great because fans will... It, it forgive you when, you when you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Fans will go and work for you. They will write those positive reviews for you. They will tell their friends for you. They will tag you on social media. They will do all these things because they love you. It's, it's not really a, you know, just a transactional relationship. It's more of an emotional relationship. They feel special because they're part of your circle. They feel like they belong because they're part of the community. Right? right. So, um, and the most successful doctors... Tend to do this. They, they don't try to be everything to everybody and nothing to nobody. They tend to go back and look within themselves and ask the question, you know, who do, I, wh- who do I want to be a hero to? Let me understand this patient. And then what is this patient looking for? Another doctor, you know, we have as a client, she's European and, and she has this amazing sense of style. So she realized a lot of the people who come to her, you know, look up to her sense of style. And she wants to be a hero to you know um, you know a certain demographic a certain profile and and so she's not just doing dentistry she's kind of giving them a new vision for their lives, a new perspective for their life of course, the beautiful smile and you know a healthy smile goes with that, but it's just part of an overall you know overall you know overall vision she has for her practice and the life of um, her patients and I was talking to a client yesterday and uh, he's in the top half a percent in the entire country and um, and he kind of said something that you said and um, uh, people have to wait literally till spring of next year to get in and see him that's how long they have to wait yeah he positioned himself as a what he called a natural dentist oh
0: holistic
1: Holistic and biological and like most people who have achieved this kind of success for themselves and their practices, you know, it's overnight success. He has been a client of ours for like nine years. Overnight success, you know, decades in the making and he was doing this well before he met us. So he, he really thought about this, you know, deeply. And it's like, I believe in treating the whole body. And he even goes a step beyond. He says, I believe in treating the spirit the mind and the body. And I'm not talking to them. I'm not talking to the physical body. I'm talking to the person inside the spirit. And uh, so so to make a long story short, you have to wait till next spring. So that's six months to come and see him. So going back to Robert Childini, who's a marketing genius, a, a psychologist, he talks about yeah. The longer they wait, the more they want him, right? Yeah. And he said, Two to three percent cancel, but most wait will wait because the reputation in the marketplace, what people say, and all those things, you know, make people say, no, it's worth the wait. And then when they go and see him, um, you know, it's never about him, it's all about them. You know, why did you want to come and see me? You know, why wh- what brought you here? You know, why did you choose me as a you know a whole body dentist? you know, so he really understands them. And then after listening to them for like 15, 20 minutes, and never saying a word about who he is or what he does, never sells them on anything, then he will do the exam. And then he will share with him as if he would share with his own wife or his daughter. So it's never about, you know, or selling, it's really about, you know, helping, like, now that it's almost like he has a purpose, his purpose is to you know, be uh, an influence in the person's life so they have better health. And then he shares his thoughts and um, and he never tells them you should do this or you should do that. He'll just share this and, you know, if you can prioritize, you would prioritize. And then he says, you know, when he goes into these long, you know, kind of exhausting kind of meetings because he's giving a piece of himself, he never expects them to even spend one dime. For he, From his point of view, He's there for a purpose. He's going to give the best of himself to this new person who waited six months to come see him. And he's going to treat that person like he would treat his own child on his own wife. And the funny thing is 95% of them accept treatment on that day. And some people literally tell him, you know what, that treatment plan you just gave me is more than what I make in a year. But still, they go ahead and accept treatment. Mm -hmm. He said 95% accept treatment on the same day and Mm -hmm. schedule but then, the others, you know, would say, "I'll call you back after I talk to my significant other," and then they would call back. So he has this unbelievable, um, you know, acceptance. And I think going back to that whole point that you were talking about, right? Who do you want to be a hero to? And you know, we were talking about, and uh, and it's interesting. But how can marketing help? Of course, you know, to get you booked out six months in advance, you need great marketing. So I, in, in a bunch of you know, buckets, one is you have to be very clear on who do you want to be a hero to and your website has to reflect that. Your Facebook has to reflect that. Your, every word has to reflect that. Everything has to reflect who do you want to be a hero to? Hmm. Because, you know, then you will attract those kind of people. It's like, you know, we talked about some people are in this, you know, bad relationship after bad relationship. Something they're doing is attracting the wrong kind of people, Uh right? Yeah. Yeah. So you need to kind of cut all those things you are doing that was attracting the wrong kind of people. Like you said, you know, don't accept the PPO because if that's the wrong kind of people with the wrong mindset, then Hey, don't do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, And then of course you need people to know that you exist. So, you know, SEO comes a big part of it because if they don't know that you exist and there's somebody like you, then of course you can't blame them for not calling you. Right. How can you blame somebody who didn't know that you are even there? So that's, a big part of the thing. And then finally, social proof. They don't trust you, they don't trust me, they will Google your name and so forth. And when they Google it, you know, are there 10 sites that say you are amazing for this kind of a patient? So, yeah, I mean, I can talk for hours, as you know, Debbie, have, about marketing.
0: You know, one <laughs> so, of the things you're, we have a doctor that's a client for about two years now. She's been a client and she is the holistic dentist in her area. And what it made me think of her because every word, everything, the feel, everything breathes holistic health. It's it's your total health. And then the other thing I wanted, you know, so she's very successful, by the way, because of that. And it's been exciting to work with her because she's one of those people that's doubled what they were doing two years ago. And um, it's very exciting to see that what's happening in this world. It's my passion is the reason why I do what I do, Naren, is because I want to help globally. I want people in the world to live a longer, healthier life. So I'm on a mission to spread the word that we have to have good, we have to have optimal oral health for our body to be healthy. And it's probably 90% of people who have systemic diseases, it all relates to an oral manifestation. It's scientifically proven. And what I have found, the reason why patients are coming to the practice is because they want to be totally healthy. Those are the doctors, you just mentioned a doctor who's very successful because of the mind, the body, their spirits. And he's speaking to all of that. And I was thinking of my client, our client who's very successful now because of living, breathing, speaking, feeling. That it's all about the total person's health. And I realized when you were saying that, Naren, I was reflecting on how exciting it is to do what I get to do, which is my expertise, my personal expertise on our team, is the hygiene department. And I realized what you were saying is I teach the hygienist because it's my passion to help people in the world live a longer, healthier life. So you can imagine that. I'm teaching the hygienist to say that and the whole team. Like, we have a bucket that's in each of our client offices, and when somebody says cleaning, they have to put a dollar in that bucket because we don't clean teeth. We're actually preventing disease and we're, you know, treating their gums or we're providing them with gum treatment, gum therapy. These are different words that we need to use, and when patients know. That you're treating their whole body and helping them to live a longer healthier life and they tell their friends and family that because i think that makes them feel like they that like you care that's how they can get quality patients that's how and the other thing is that people are asking us i can't get my patients the other point, the pain point of our doctors is I can't get patients to schedule the treatment that they need. Now, the hygiene patients are scheduling because of a process that we've set up where the patient, during that process of recognizing they have disease, we have set that patient up so that subliminally they're a part of the decision. And that's a process that we take our clients through. So getting patients to schedule gum treatment isn't as difficult as for example, I was speaking to a potential new client last week and I actually met with him in his office, beautiful office. I think he probably spent a million dollars on this beautiful office, but he's not making any money. He barely has enough. In fact, he had to borrow thousands of dollars recently and that's why he called out to us. And one of his pain points was, see this patient here, he pulled up the x-ray and he said, this patient here, I showed them the decay. He, he showed me the digital x-ray and he showed the patient they had decay. So Naren, the patient decided they didn't want to schedule. And I asked the doctor, can you you know take me back to what happened during the discussion? And he was telling me, he was adamant, I told them they have this black spot and they've got decay. So Niren, if somebody, I don't know, you're in dentistry now, so maybe you know what decay means. But when we tell a patient, like I never have our, when we are finished, the first time we start working with a client, we teach them not to say you have periodontal disease. Because what does periodontal mean? If we say, oh, we're going to do some probing of your gums, what does that mean? Right. And so what do you think happened when he said, see this black spot, it's decay, and you need a crown, and it's going to be $1,600. And why didn't that patient, I mean, I was teach another client, we were doing some training yesterday, and the hygienist was saying, this lady told me, just yank them all out. <laughs> and I said, okay. And so she said, I couldn't get her to, now, she couldn't get her. She goes, I did everything you told me to do, or do. I'm doing it. And she knew exactly what the sixes meant. But she said just yank them out and i said but sit and talk with her about yanking out what happens what does that mean yank them out what what do you mean by that and why do you want us to yank them out let's get to her objection and when we got to the lady's objection you know what the objection was do you have any idea what it was naren no it was money right. and so i told the hygienist, I said and now that we know the objection because even though they said, yank them out, just pull them out, um, just shoot me. I'd rather have a baby than go through this. Those those are objections, but not specific.
1: You know, I'm glad you're you, you sharing this uh, because it really touches on a common mistake people make, uh, which is, um, and again, I'm not as knowledgeable as you are, but just kind of as an outsider, I don't work with practices like you do, Debbie, on a day-to-day basis in the internals. But as an outsider, I think, The thing that's missing, and I know I went to a dentist, I have a dentist and um, like they don't spend enough time to building that trust. You know, in, in a sense, if you trust somebody, you will take their advice. If you don't trust them, you won't. Like what I mean by trust is you have to trust that they have your best interest at heart. Yes right i mean going back to your purpose so i mean i want to kind of piggyback on your own story right your purpose is to help your practices help their patients live a longer healthier life yes you come from hygiene you believe in it Yes. so it's no longer you know you are doing it to make a buck you are doing it because you believe in it i think people see it
0: uh-huh.
1: you know what i mean they feel it i mean What's the saying? You can fool some people sometimes, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Mm-hmm. So imagine a patient really feeling that you have their best interest. You heard them. You listened to them. You really understood them, not just as a, a paycheck or sorry, a checkbook, but rather as a human being, as a soul, as a spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and you really understood them. And then you're making recommendations. I think that's totally different from somebody who like, doesn't even know your first name. Mm -hmm. Uh, says hi and oh you need this you need this you need i mean like put yourself in that person's shoes what would you do right would you say yeah yeah, please please tell me what more do i need to give you money for you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. and you know we have the three c's that we teach it's connect and if people listening to this are you know i i want to tell you i just wrote a blog about this and i posted it today on dentalpracticesolutions.com forward slash blog and it's um and I go, it's on the medical review of medical history because I notice there's some things that aren't happening with our clients. So I wrote about that, but it's, I talk about it in the blog. It's the first two minutes, there needs to be that connection. And you were saying this, I just wanted to bring it out. What you were saying is it's not treating like a dental patient, but like a human being. And it's connecting at their level, what's going on with them, uh, how was their weekend, how was their summer? And then you can start communicating about what's being done today, um, you know, all the other communication that goes on during the dental appointment. And then the third C is care, offering your care, you know, and those are our three C's. And that's how you get to what you were just talking about Naron. so that's why I wanted to interject that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so coming back to that question that you get asked a lot, which is, um, I, I have patients, but they don't seem to want to do the treatment I recommend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and why is that happening, Debbie? And 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 I know you kind of touched on it, but at a deep level, why is that happening? And then can you tell me some stories of of how you perhaps helped somebody change? Yeah, the change may not be that just superficial, like you know, do this technique or do this. It's probably there's some mindset mindset change going on in the practice and in the doctor, right? I, I don't know, just. Share your thoughts on how you have helped people on this.
0: So that is another process that we teach. And I'll just give you a high overview. What The first step of that process is the clinician speaking in terms that keeps the patient engaged. It's asking open-ended questions like, what are you thinking about that? Uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, is there anything that would hold you back from that? Letting them think. And asking them to, do you see where the decay is and let them look. Um, do you Did you hear the highest number? I, like we're preparing our patients for what they're going to hear. And then we're asking them what they heard because we're teaching them what to listen for. And then we're asking the clinician to ask the patient what they heard. Does that make sense what I was saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're getting patients to own the problem as opposed to um, own, own what's going on, right? Yeah. And really yeah. understand it. Like you're saying before you can prescribe a solution, you need to help people understand what's going on or what the problem is.
0: Yes. So when I was a little girl, I had a lot of decay cavities, <laughs> you know? And my doctor, my pediatric dentist would say, occlusal, occlusal, occlusal. You know, I had a lot of occlusals. I never forgot that word, occlusal but I never knew what it meant until I went to dental assisting school and then became a hygienist. Now I know that word really well, but I remember hearing that word, it meant nothing to me. And so I think that happens, even though we might be treating adults, not children, they still don't know dental talk. (laughs) They don't know our, our terminology. And so when we start saying, I'm gonna probe and I'm gonna call out these numbers, they have no idea you have to actually say, I'm going to use this ruler and I'm going to take some measurements in between the gum and the tooth. And it's just like here on your cuticle. And one through three is healthy. Four, if you hear a four, that means inflammation. And if you hear me call a five or higher, that means that there's active disease, there's infection in your gums. And I'm gonna sit you up and I'll I'll share with you if we find anything that's active disease, then I or infection. I'm going to put together a plan with you to get rid of the infection. However, when I put you back in just a few minutes here, I want you to listen. And what I want you to remember the lowest number you hear me call out and then the highest number. Now there's going to be a quiz there at the end, so you have to listen closely, okay?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So then I, is it okay if I put you back in the chair now? Now, finally, you know, and we're not putting the patient bib, and I talked about that in the blog today, we don't put a patient bib on our patient until they're about ready to go back in the chair. There's no need for that. Let them feel how much you care about them. And that's kind of what you were talking about as well, too, Naren, is let's treat them just like you and I are having this conversation now. Have just a fun conversation with your patient and then go into what you need to do. And finally, before you put him back, put the bib on. Let him get comfortable. Let him feel like a person. People don't like coming to the dental office, and why? You know Is so they're in a compromised position with that bib and back of the chair? So try to keep them up without the bib as long as you can.
1: Right, right
0: i think that scheduling the treatment it comes with that connection and the way you communicate so to answer your question it's it's the way that you communicate like i was just talking about the gum assessment that we do we're breaking it down to their level we're bringing them into it and it's like that doctor that was telling me you know i told the lady she has decay and i showed her the spot well you know, she didn't know, decay means nothing to her. Yeah, she probably knows this cavity, but what happens? What is the risk of not doing the treatment? And what is the benefit to her? Even if she wanted to save money and didn't want to spend money, even though her insurance might have paid a 1000 and she paid 600 What? how would she benefit from that? Let's talk about that a little deeper instead of just telling them they have decay and feeling frustrated because they didn't schedule it. Do you, does that, do you, does that...
1: No, absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. Makes a ton of sense.
0: And, and the other thing that is a hot button is that last minute cancellation. And so, you know, we were talking about, like I said it briefly, value. The patients need to value. They need to, You we need to address their value, what's valuable to them. And then they need to have a value for us. So I find that those patients, oh, by the way, the doctor I was telling you about that I talked to yesterday that has team training. And they have those patients that are on all those state plans and all these HMOs. And how much value do you think those people have for their dental appointment, Naren?
1: Very little because they're not paying, paying anything out of their pocket.
0: Yes. And so I, uh, I was just talking to some, you know, I, I tell them all the time. I said, guys, you have 65% of your patients call at the last minute to change their appointment or not show. And now, you know, I'm, I mean, we've been working together for a while, but nothing's changed. And I keep giving, you know, we have a whole system and policy around that. We have a specific form, a specific message on the voicemail. But, you know, it hasn't been done. So I have to tell you, the hygienist actually got so frustrated. Oh, she's just such a great leader. She got so frustrated with this situation that she took the change of appointment policy and not only did she start giving it to the patients who are coming in now, she actually attached it in the email to all the patients. And every patient from this point forward will have to sign the change of appointment policy. So, yesterday was the first day that we were talking and we had only seen four patients by the time we had our lunch team meeting yesterday and all her patients the four had shown up so you know kind of holding my breath to see if all the afternoon patients showed up but you know she decided she was going to take the bull by the horns and she was going to do this imagine the hygienist did this so that is The patients need to value what you're doing. And I think you address that in the very beginning is when patients have to wait, when they feel urgency to see you, they're more likely to show up rather than call and change their appointment. I've actually been in an office as their consultant. We had just started. It was one of my first days in their office, probably the first day, and we were getting ready for lunch. And a call came in from a patient who had a hygiene appointment later that afternoon after a team meeting. And she said that she couldn't come in because it was the only time she could see her hairdresser. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we talked about that during the team meeting.
1: I mean, I think I think you're hitting it right on the head. It's just that we appreciate things that we think are worthwhile. The minute we think something is worthwhile, we appreciate it. The minute we think it's not worthwhile, we don't. You know, let's say, um, you know, I'll give you a simple example. I'm at a coffee shop and somebody comes and gives me a free cake. Um, before giving me the free cake, what if I don't show you the cake? I just come and talk to you about, you know, this amazing cake our chef made from her, his grandmother's recipe that's 100 years old. And oh, by the way, you are special. So if you want, I can get a piece so you can try it. Now the patient says, please give me, or the customer says, please give me that cake. Now, when you give that cake, they appreciate it as opposed to you just give it to them. Mm-hmm. They didn't say I want it. They didn't say this is important to me. And then what happens? They don't, they don't even eat it. They just leave it there and walk away. So I mean, sometimes I think the way you communicate, the way you do things can create uh, a sense of this is worth it for me. And, and I think that example you gave me about you know, that document, you know, here is our policy on changing appointments, you know, yeah. because we are really busy, to be fair to all of our patients, we we want you to see it and make sure you understand it and sign this.
0: Yes, and you know, the other thing that's really worked well, and you, we talked about this a little bit, you know, just that urgency. And so what, what happens is when the patient calls that day and says, I just can't come, or they might even call a day before, and maybe they'll call 48 hours before to change the appointment, which is within the policy that most offices say we need 48 hours notice so you don't get the charge. So, this one office, one of our clients, the office manager is always telling me, I tell them we don't have anything available. And true story for hygiene, they don't have anything available for two months. And right. that's. Uh, so she said, I save a lot of appointments by doing that. It's creating that urgency that you've got to come in. Is there any way that we can help you so that you don't have to take, you know, we can get a, oh, somebody was asking me about this. Is that legal, you know, if you take Lyft or Uber, you know, can we get you a Lyft ride to come here or Uber? Um, And yes, that is legal to do. Um, You are not liable as the dentist if you get a Lyft or Uber driver to bring the patient to your office. My husband works in another business and they have elderly people that can't come and that is not a legal liability for the company that they're paying for that ride. It's the driver that's legally liable for that patient Um, that's in the car, the person that's in the car, the driver is responsible for it. But you know, try to help your patients to keep that appointment and let them know you don't have anything available right away unless they have a toothache. Yes, of course you have something right away, but I don't think they're calling to change their appointment if they're in vain. But, um, you know, One of the things is we're coming to the end of the year here and we're talking to our clients and, and your doctors, you're going to see that you're being inspired by marketing companies, your social media engagement companies to send notices and try to get those patients to come back before the end of the year because it's like lose it or use it with their insurance. Many of your patients' insurance is going to expire as of December 31st. And so we find that probably one, at least 100, more like 300 patients haven't been in to your office this year. And again, you know, why aren't they coming back to your office It's just that the connection, that connection, and I know Naren you were talking about that earlier about that deeper connection with the person that's in your chair and how do you connect with your patients and then what is the communication what is what are the words that you're using one of our offices i'll share a little secret tip one of our offices was using the word massive you have a massive area of a massive cavity or it's just a massive amount of, you know, and then they would put in, fill in the blank there. And another client I was sharing with this word massive, and she said mush. This patient has massive mush right here. And I have to tell you that word, massive mush, brings patients in to get the restorative dentistry completed. So um, these words are what will help keep your patients returning to your office, knowing that you're creating a longer, healthier life with routine care is gonna help them to keep coming back to your office. Niran, do you have any suggestions of, you know, why patients are coming back or what, what can we do to keep you coming back to the dental office?
1: yeah absolutely i think um i mean coming back to psychology and everything else like i was talking to a a prospective client of mine who just signed yesterday with us or day before yesterday and um, we were just chit-chatting and he was telling me one of the reasons he took us very seriously is because we do these videos and one of the people who has commented on the videos is the ceo of a company with 1.5 million patients so he's like, if that guy thinks you know something about marketing, I think you know something about marketing. So I think, I, think, I think going back to what you have been saying from the beginning, you know, the way you communicate, the way you do things, um, like social proof, if other people value you, then I should value you too as well. If other people think you are, extremely good. And if I miss that appointment, I have to wait three months to come and get my hygiene done. Then I now value it more than I would otherwise. So I think, um, you know, um, I I think some of the co-marketing principles around social proof around authority, you know, all of those or liking, you know, all of those co-marketing principles, I think applies in the office as well as outside the office. And uh, you know, like for example, if your patients are not coming in to see you, you know, like you said, end of 2017 and you have 300 patients who haven't come and seen you the entire year, that means for whatever reason, you haven't created, you know, in their minds why it's so important to come and have their teeth cleaned and teeth taken care of and looked at, you know, two times a year. So, I mean, to some degree you are at fault. I mean, it's about, creating that value and then having the follow-up and everything else to make it happen. So, I mean, you teach this all day long, Debbie. So I'm just giving you my thoughts as an outsider.
0: Yes. You know, I'm glad you said that. You made me think of something. And I, I just wanted to put it out there to the people that are listening. It's some I wanted to share with you something that really helped one of our doctors um, in Canada. And she was a startup. And then I started working with her about a year after the startup which isn't a good idea, by the way. It's better to hire a consultant to help you from day one. But um, anyways, I came in and she wanted, of course, all these things were pain points, all these five. One of them was she wanted to get um, more new patients and quality new patients. And I have to tell you, you made me think of something. You know, She was getting about four new patients a month. And during the time that we worked with her over six months, she increased that number to 16. Within six months, she, got, she quadrupled that. And I have to tell you, we um, talk, I always advocate, and I do a lot of um, suggestions during the month of October to do a Halloween candy buyback program. And I wanted to share with our listeners what she did because this gave her the social proof. So she, she's actually in a downtown area. It's not a residential area. So for the doctors listening who are in a residential area or even in a medical dental building, still, I recommend that you have the 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 patients in the community know that you're going to buy back the kids' candy. And so I think Halloween is on a Friday maybe, or it's on a weekend. I was thinking that maybe on that next week by the next Friday or Saturday, or, you know, a few days later after Halloween have a, I was thinking, I can, let me look on my calendar. Halloween is, oh, it's on a Tuesday. And so I was thinking that Friday or that Saturday have an open house at your office and start promoting this during the month of October that you're having this Halloween candy open house. And the kids bring their candy and you get them on a scale and you weigh that. And then they can, you know, there's this whole thing. If you Google Helming candy buyback, it's a whole program. And they send the, you send that candy that you collect over to the troops and the kids get a dollar per pound. Um, but this woman, what she did was she, I don't know what she did with the candy. She might've trashed the candy, but she gave the kids their dollar and then she equaled the amount of pounds or do you have pounds in Canada? Because she's in
1: we have kilos, but they know what pounds are. <laughs> she
0: took equal amount of the candy and bought fruits and vegetables and then she took it to a woman's shelter. So they had pictures of this. The newspaper wrote them up. I mean it was a huge social proof right there. Look what she yeah. did.
1: And I think she sent the message, I care about your oral health. I'm willing to put my own money for the health of your children. Yeah. I think when you put, when you, you know, walk the talk, you know, not just talk. I think it resonates with people. It means something to the people. And I think you're right. I mean, a dollar a pound is not a lot, but the amount of goodwill she would have garnered in the in the in the local local uh, you know area and the media would be priceless.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, can you imagine that you're doing that and you put on a Facebook live and you do the video and you're, you've got like face painting and all these fun things going on. Maybe you're giving away free tooth whitening, blah, blah, blah. You know, Um, you're going to, she actually got new patients from that event that she had, by the way.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So I, I recommend it and I just wanted to, you made me think of it because we're coming up on October and Halloween and it's social proof.
1: Right right absolutely i really had a lot of fun today so we went through five questions first one is i don't get the right kind of patients, right and we talked about being a hero and being very clear on that and not shooting yourself in your own foot by not stop doing the things that's hurting you Mm -hmm. then we talked about i want more quality new patients right and we talked about seo and reputation and you know social proof and you know um Getting people to like you—all of those things—which is what marketing is—and then we got into an area that you are the expert in, which is uh, they don't schedule treatment. You know, so I'll let you give the nuggets. But I think you mentioned things like uh, the relationship, uh, the, the trust. Um, um, you know, helping the patients own their own their um, you know challenges and needs, talking to them in a language they understand not in doctor lingo, you give tons and tons of tips.
0: Yes, I mean, it just, remember it it all starts with the first hello, you know, it's like, you know, I think there, you know, I realize after doing this with you today, that show my husband and I watched, The Millionaire Matchmaker, has a lot of lessons to be learned on how to treat your patients and what kind of people you're attracting because you'll see the type of people these single millionaires are attracting and it's a pattern. And so what you're attracting has become what you're used to. And you got to step out of the normal and do it differently. And so just like Patty Stanger is that relationship uh, person. She's a relationship expert for the millionaires there. Um, and I hope that we can be the dental practice experts in helping them get over this hump because it starts with the connection, how you're connecting. How are you communicating? What is your body language? You know, it's like this woman in the Millionaire Matchmaker. I mean, she was touching every guy from the moment. She was kissing him on the lips from the moment she said hello. I mean, is that appropriate? You know, of course, doctor, you're not doing anything that's inappropriate like this. But what are the little things that you could be doing that are ruining that connection and and the communication? What are the words that you're saying? And how are you saying? And what is the tone? And what is your posture when you're saying them? All these little things. Things count, and that's how you will find a quality lifetime patient.
1: Absolutely. I really had a lot of fun, Debbie, today. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up? No,
0: I learned a lot from you, and I hope our listeners did too. I love that. Who do you want to be a hero to? That's my takeaway.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. And uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom. And uh, if people want to get a hold of you, the best thing is to go to your website, correct? Yeah,
0: dentalpracticesolutions.com. And then we've got Kate, she can schedule. You know, what I'd like to do is, Naren, if it's okay, I'd like to give them a $1,000 valued gift for listening to this, because we've been talking for almost an hour. Is that okay?
1: Absolutely, go for it.
0: Yeah, just get a hold of Kate, and we have a strategic planning session I'd like to offer to you. It's a thousand dollar value for the strategic planning session, and then we'll put you into a series of three hygiene department training videos. They're about 20 minutes each. You'll get a webinar that I did with Dr. Roy Shelburne on the new gingivitis code and a flow chart on treating the gingivitis patient. And then I'll do a follow-up call with you after you go through that training. So that's actually valued at $1,000 if they were to buy it.
1: Thank you very much, Debbie. That's awesome. I think uh, a lot of people will appreciate it.
0: Yeah. If they can um, email Kate at admin at dentalpracticesolutions.com or call us 949- three, five, one, eight, seven, four, one. Kate will get them set up for that.
1: Perfect. Perfect.
0: Thank you so much. I really, I find you to be one of the best people I've met this year in 2017, just so filled with value and you show that you really care about people. That's what I learned about you from the first conversation.
1: Thank you very much, Debbie. That means a lot to me. I really appreciate your comment.
0: It's It's the truth.
1: Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Debbie. And uh, we'll see you soon in another episode of the Growing Dentist podcast show.